Welcome to the Loaded Goat. I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And today we're doing a hard-hitting expose on Mayberry tribute artists. I'm <laughs> kidding, but we are fortunate to have Rick Roberts, who is a tribute artist for uh, Barney Fife. Welcome, Rick. Hey, good to be here, fellas. Thanks for having me along. So, kind of tell us how you got into this, a little bit about yourself, and, and why Barney Fife? Yeah, I grew up watching the show like a lot of folks. You know, I saw it in reruns. I'm 55, so it it had been on and off for a little while when I got to it. Always liked it. Uh, many years later, I started doing stand-up comedy, and I had a couple of little jokes about being pulled over by the police. And I thought, well, maybe it'd be funny if I had Barney Fife pull me over. So I threw the voice in there one show, and people just went crazy for it. The next show, I added a little bit of facial expressions, and they, they liked it even better. And so I kind of kept working at it. Until I did a show one night and somebody from Wendy's Corporation said, hey, would you mind uh, dressing up like Barney Fife and interrupting Dave Thomas at his birthday party coming up? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I guess I'll give it a shot. So they helped me piece together a little bit of an outfit. I went in there and arrested him. And for about 30 minutes, he sat down with me at a table and was just talking Andy Griffith show nonstop. He was such a huge fan. He liked what I was doing. Uh, eventually, his wife came and pulled him away and said, listen, we got to a whole room full of people came here for your party. You just can't be talking to the Barney Fife the whole time. <laughs> so as he got up, he goes, young man, uh, there's a new thing out called websites. You ought to put one up and put Fife in there somewhere so people can find out what you're doing and maybe they can hire you for something else. And so that's what I did and made a few YouTube videos here and there. And eventually things like Mayberry Man and other opportunities popped up just from that association. So I have heard, I have heard that there are, um, issues not issues there's there are instances where you can't like especially if the actor is still alive it's not something where you can't really necessarily show up immediately dressed up like barney fife at mayberry days or you can or you can't so i was just curious if you could kind of tell us how you kind of got involved in being a tribute artist yeah i I'd done it just individually for a long time. You know, I would do conferences or conventions or trade show halls where they wanted to, what they would call a booth magnet. Some, you know, somebody stand there to get people to come over to their booth. So I would do stuff for like 911 Incorporated. And it's so easy, even Barney Five can do it and stuff like that. And I think as long as you're not making a ton of money off of it, nobody ever worries about it. I, I got one letter one time from CBS. Uh, because I was using video clips, short video clips with Andy Griffith Show in one of my um, motivational speeches. And somehow they found out or whatever. So they said, cut it out. I said, okay. Uh, then I found out there is actually a season or maybe two that were the copyright expired. They forgot to do the paperwork. So there are some, I don't use them, but you can use some of those clips and not worry about anything at all. Um, as far as like the festivals and things like that, they kind of, dance around the word Andy Griffith show and they might say Mayberry. Mayberry's not copyrighted. You know, Mayberry Man, the movie was able to be made without any issues on that end of it. But you just can't use the Andy Griffith show because that's copywritten. And the characters themselves, I guess to a degree, are copywritten. But if you're a tribute artist, you're you're like once removed. You know, you're not saying I am the one. I'm doing an impression of the person who did the thing. So as far as I can tell, there's no big issues with it. I know, you know, there's at least four or five other Barney Fife impersonators that I've met, and uh, they haven't had any big issues with it either. Well, I just have to interject because I can't get over the fact that in my mind, Dave Thomas introduced you to the internet. 
And, <laughs> and I like this. And I like this narrative. That's probably not true. That you'd never heard of it before. And all of a sudden, you're like, the internet exists. Well, it's and, funny. Like I, I really just got into using a uh, CompuServe account, which you know there was no pictures. It was all just letters and. They had a forum where some comedians would go in. It was called an alt comedy forum. And you would kind of list things about, I went to this comedy club. I didn't like this experience or I did like that. But um, as far as like creating your own website, that was still pretty new and pretty expensive. So when he said to do that, I remember looking into it. I had to buy the software. It was a Microsoft program. I can't remember the name of it, but you you built your own website and uploaded it. So I was able to do all that. But um, I put up my own website and the Fife website. and it's. Because I figured Dave Thomas knows what he's talking about. He's he's made yeah. done pretty good. He, he yeah, was a, he was he, he was a successful entrepreneur. That's for that's for sure. Some yeah, I mean, it's kind of like having a, a lunch with Mark Cuban or something. Looking yeah. back, I mean, that's a, a wealth of knowledge that just sat there and took time with me. So I'm always thankful for that. For sure. As a tribute artist, do you ever just forget the deputy outfit and rock salt and pepper, or is that, <laughs> or is it just the deputy outfit? I kind of go deputy all the time, although uh, I've been thinking about for Halloween this year going as uh, maybe Mr. Furley instead from Three's Company and seeing if I can pull that off with a a bright orange and brown shirt and an ascot. You know, if I can find that wig, that gray wig that was just like so tight, I think I can maybe get away with it. (laughs) But, (laughs) But I do know some of the other, at least two of the other tribute artists have the salt and pepper and sometimes if we're at the same event, they'll wear the salt and pepper and I'll be in uniform and people will be like, wait, I just thought I saw you over there, you know? <laughs> oh, that's fine. So you were in Mayberry Man, and I feel like watching that, which is a great, little witty, fun movie for, you know, Mayberry, for Mayberry fans. And but I felt like is you were in there, like, as far as tribute artists go, like the second only to out on screen time, only to Alan Newsom. So tell what was that like? It was pretty interesting, you know, when I got a call from uh, Stark Howe, who wrote it, he, um, it was like maybe a month away from them shooting, and apparently they must have had a couple other people in mind before they got down to me, you know, and we shot it during COVID, so some people opted out because they didn't want to take a chance, or they had people back at home that were, you know, at risk or whatever, so anyhow, he called me up, said, you want to do the the movie, and I I said, it sounds interesting. He goes, well, it's going to shoot for two weeks. Do you have that open? I'm like, I've got two years open right now. Like <laughs> I had 115 events cancel on me. I'm wide oh, open. Let's do it. Oh, I couldn't wait to, you know, have something to do. So we went and shot it, but he, he, you know, he shot me the PDF of the script and I started reading it. And, you know, like the first 20 minutes, I'm not on the screen at all. And then my name pops up in the script and then there's a lot of stuff. And then there's a big scene with Alan, the, the car heist scene, which, to me, it feels like the most Mayberry part of the whole movie. And once I read that, I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun right here. And then we yeah. started shooting that. had never acted in a movie. I've done commercials and things like that. But uh, luckily, Brett Varvel, who plays the main character in the movie, was a pretty experienced actor. Probably the only one that we had on the whole movie that had been in more than two films or whatever. And he'd written and directed a couple of things. But he gave us, me and Alan, the tip of don't try to memorize the whole thing. When we're shooting it, it's going to be slow. So make sure you know the first scene we're going to do in the morning. Memorize that. We'll shoot that. And while they're moving the cameras around, you'll have time to memorize two more pages of dialogue. And we'll run the lines together. So you get as familiar as you could with it. And then left some space to kind of play around with the timing and things. So the whole experience was really great. Um, I'm lucky to do it. It was a good blessing and a time when I had nothing else going on. And 
everybody I met was super nice. You know, I, I knew of Alan Newsom and his podcast and things like that for a while, but we had never worked together. And now we're trying to find ways to work together as often as we can. Yeah, I saw you're doing a, uh, you have a comedy uh, show coming up, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we got right? two different fundraisers that we're going to tag team and be part of, as well as some Mayberry Festival stuff going on. So, are good you, times. Yeah, and they're doing the Mayberry Man series. Are you involved in that? Yeah, so for people that have seen the movie, the Mayberry Man series picks up about a year after the last scene in the movie. And it kind of shows you what's going on in Mayberry today. So I'm only in the Barney Fife outfit uniform for maybe a minute in a series. I'm Warren, the postal delivery guy in the town of Mayberry, and Alan Newsom is the town commissioner. So he has an office that kind of looks like the Andy Griffith Show office. And I kind of oh. come over and sit on his desk and kind of do some Barney Fife-like things. But it kind of looks at what the characters are when they're not tribute artists as well. And those other storylines start to develop from that. So. Oh, that um, that five now. episodes that are being finalized right now with some audio correction or whatever, and they should be out in time for the uh, three premieres here in late September and early October. Oh, great. If people want to find you, where should they go? Um, rickroberts.com. If you spell Rick, R-I-K, you can find me at rickroberts.com. And I've got a little link on the homepage with my schedule if they want to see where I'm performing anywhere anytime soon. Well, I appreciate again. We, we're so grateful you're here, um, and we're going to go ahead and dive into the show if that works for works for you today. We're doing Barney Fife Realtor, but before we dive in, I asked you if you wanted to do an episode. I said we're in season five, and you said Barney Fife Realtor. So I would love to hear you know why this one jumps out at you. I love this one for a lot of reasons. Uh, it's it's the per- perfect Barney Fife episode because Andy's constantly trying to just. Tell him, just be the deputy. Don't, you don't need to have a side job. Barney's trying to hustle and make some deals going around. Uh, showing the house to Andy and then showing the basement and it's flooded out and the kids are floating boats down in the basement of the house. They, I think, I can't remember if it's the Miller's house or whatever's house it is, but just the whole thing of him trying to to hustle his boss into buying somebody else's house cracked me up. And, uh, you know, a long time ago, I, I did a Barney Fife. Uh, I do a speech called the Mayberry Method. And I did one for a bunch of realtors. And they had watched the episode and dialed up a couple of things. And they gave me a little card that says Barney Fife Realtor on it. And uh, I've got the candlestick phone, you know, so sometimes I'll do some stuff for realtor groups with that. But it's just a fun episode where he's constantly trying to do that side hustle, make a little bit yeah. extra money. That's when he's at his glory is when he's trying to pull off two things at once and gets neither thing done. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And um yeah, and this one is, and we'll go ahead and jump in. This episode first aired on January 4th, 1965. And we open with Barney on the phone about a house as Andy come in, comes in and asks, Andy asks if he is buying a house. And Barney says he's now in the real estate business, which um, he's been watching Mr. Slummer. And all he does is sit around in his office all day long, smoking a big fat cigar and he never stirs unless somebody wants to buy something. Then he takes them out in the old rattletrap car of his. And, and if they buy, he collects 5%. And my wife actually works in government relations for a real estate company. But I think this is really funny. I mean, this is what a lot of people think real estate is, is that you just take somebody out, show them a house and get them to sign the papers and you make and you make money on it. So there's so much more that goes into that. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's just, I, I love the way he kind of gets to it. Well, he's just printing money, basically. He's just out there taking people in that rattle trap car. The real people that just do it are the title companies. I find this to be ridiculous. One of my friends bought a house, and the title guy shows up in a Range Rover, has a bunch of papers to sign, and then you know everybody else does all the work. So they're the actual ones, I think, print money that Barney Fife might be more interested in, in, in going for. And this is apparently before real estate licenses were required, because apparently he just said, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to sell houses today. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah. And it's more like a house swap, too. When you find out the whole shebang, it's like, you, it was quite well thought out. Well, this is kind of like reflecting. So he says he's got a lot of real estate deals cooking. He basically has a plan to move three families to buy and get them to all to buy new homes because everyone says they would like a nicer home. And this makes me think of the current real estate market where they keep talking about, well, there's just no inventory. And really, in Mayberry, there really is no inventory. You've got to get a family to move to sell a, to sell a house. <laughs> yeah. And so Andy says he's very happy with his house. And then he learns that the Williams house may be for sale. And Andy has always admired that house. And so he's All those trees. Oh. oh, yeah. Sounds like they got a little space, you know. And Andy says he's interested interested but then he reminds barney that this is a sheriff's office who completely agrees just right before he answers the phone with fife Realty. right right yeah. you're right you're right let's get back to work get back to work Fife Realty. <laughs> oh yeah it's hilarious it's one of the best things ever yeah for sure and later at the taylor household howie is going to buy opie's bike for five bucks and it's howie williams it's played by dennis rush You've been to more events. I went to Mayberry comes to Scottsburg uh, earlier this year. I, I have I've heard that he was just off, just living life, hadn't really thought about the show, hadn't really even realized that people cared, and he just and and then people reached out to him, and he comes to these events. But you know, it's like if Mayberry comes to Scottsburg, everybody getting up and discussing the fandom of the show still means to them. I felt like Dennis Rush really was one who I just was kind of like, wow, he's really just seems to be endlessly humbled by how much the fans still love this show. Yeah, it was a great uh, joy kind of meeting him and seeing some of his photos that he brought along and just a super humble guy, you know, and, you know, granted, it was a really long time ago that all this went on. But he was pretty amazed at the people that were involved and the people that still turn up for these events. And I think uh, I'd be surprised if he's not the one next year as well, because I think he really enjoyed the experience. Yeah, for sure. So Andy discusses the issues of the bike with Opie and Howie, who is very surprised to hear about them and immediately decides not to buy the bike. And at dinner, Opie complains to Andy how he ruined his sale. And then Andy tells Aunt B how the Williams might want to sell their place. And then later that evening, Barney comes in, he's wearing salt and pepper, and he has the Sims in the car, and they want to see the place. I mean, this is manic real estate sales. sales. Right. I mean, yeah, This could be the chips. moment that brought, you know, real estate license into B. Like too many people were accost accosted by Barney Fife after dinner. I mean, yeah, he was uh, using the high-pressure sales. Well, they're right here in the car. Let's just give it a look around, buddy. Yeah, and that's really what you want to do is when you're buying a house, just be loaded up in a car and she go, go show up with a family unsuspecting it. That makes that you're making a major purchase like that. There's another side of this too, where like I, I imagine that Barney hoodwinked them and how to get into the car. It's no way that they were like consensual in the whole way. I think he offered to like take them to ice cream and all of a sudden it's like, all right, you're gonna go buy a house. Like, we're gonna go buy a house. Yeah. Well, although they do really they do seem to like the house and 
this after after Andy and Aunt B, they agreed they're a little reluctant, but they agree to bring them in. Sims come in, and after an awkward exchange, they look around and then they ask why they want to sell the house. And Andy says too small, Aunt B says too large. And Opie mentions the William house. He's the only honest one in the um, in the in the whole bunch here. And then they go in the kitchen, and Opie mentions that there's a crack in the ceiling. Miss Sims is not happy with the crack. And then Opie asks if he'll tell them about the noise in the faucet, which is loud. Have we heard that before? That was new to me. The, the, the noise in the faucet. Oh yeah, it's completely. Yeah, it's, I think just just brought in for this episode. I'm pretty okay. sure. And they tour the rest of the house. And Barney says all that would be required to fix the place up would be a hundred bucks. And then Opie mentions how the roof leaks even when it drizzles. And the Sims leave and Barney follows them. But he gives Opie an epic look as we go to commercial. I was wondering, can you do that look for us? (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. This episode was produced by Pod Machine. They do a great podcast and a great rate. I was fortunate to get started on this a few years ago, um, and I've just been very, very pleased with it ever since. I mean, they can, you know, they will edit your podcast. They will uh, do artwork for your podcast. They'll do the YouTube videos for the podcast, and they have a very quick turnaround time um, once you upload all your material. So I highly recommend it. I'm pro pod in general. I love bean pods. I like pod hotels. I like pod apples, maybe. But you know what pods I like best? Pod machines. Pod machines. Me too. Me too. I like them yeah. better than podcasts. I honestly don't even really like podcasts that much. So I'm I'm just thankful that you're here. Why do you do this podcast? <laughs> to see your dimples, baby. To see my dimples. Well, and uh, if you really push hard podcast, my pod machine might be able to give you some dimples. I don't know. So <laughs> go to podmachine.com to learn more and enter Loaded Goat at checkout for a 10% discount. And that's spelled just like Loaded Goat. And after the break, Opie is about to go to bed and Andy asks if he was doing it to get even. And Opie explains that he was doing what Andy told him you know, that he should do, that he should give everyone the facts and shouldn't it apply to bikes the way it does to houses. And Andy explains, he basically says bikes are bikes and houses are houses. And he explains that he bought the house not knowing about the crack and somebody else probably bought it before then. And then basically Opie comes away thinking there are different requirements for adults when it comes to honesty. It's a loose argument. I don't totally get it. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, and I think now some of, so much of this is against the law. I mean, if you if you knowingly have real issues and you yeah. and you conceal them, that's that's not gonna that's not gonna fly. And I should have brought up earlier yeah. when they're going. Through, I've always wondered this about the the Taylor household is the intensity of the the fireplace and the brickwork. It looks like you're in the middle of a big cave, and I was surprised that when they're going through, they weren't like. Hmm. This, this fireplace is a little too intense because that's the only thing I think about when I look at the house. I mean, for that house, that is a, you know, huge mansion fire type fireplace. Yeah, it's a big one. I've always thought that too. It just takes up so much of the space. And I don't know, I guess video wise, I needed something to look good with the two couches next to him or whatever, but it's, it is a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's a whole wall. And it's right where the stairs go up. So I wonder if there's a fireplace poking out of the top of the stairs as they go up. Because the chimney would have to be right above that, right? There yeah, that's go. a good point. I hadn't thought about that. 
Yeah, I've always just assumed they loop around, but you know, I always wonder if when they were shooting this, they said this picture, this is the best this picture is ever going to be. No one's, it's never going to be clearer than this, and no one's going to be really breaking down these details about <laughs> about how about how it looks. All right. There will never be a thing called podcast where they really get into the minutia. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> and then the next morning, Andy comes in and Barney goes off. And it's not like Al Pacino going off on Kevin Spacey at the end of Glengarry Glen Ross. But Barney is pretty is pretty mad. And with all the real estate deals he had lined up, Opie cost him $3,478. I mean, if he was basically going to clear that kind of money, he doesn't have to ever be a deputy again. If he, if, I mean, if he's if he can if he can move like that. Yeah, yeah. And Miss Sims calls back, or Mr. Sims calls back, and Barney begs for another chance. And Mr. Sims gives him one. And at the Taylor house, Barney that evening, Barney comes back in with the Sims and they sit down and he, Barney shares that they might be interested in the house and the kid and the kids exaggerate. And this is, as usual, Andy's moment of truth. Andy says that kids do exaggerate, but shares that everything that said Opie said was true. Mr. Sims is like, he's ready to buy the place. And and um, Andy knows that he was all contention on them buying the Williams place. And Barney loads him up and says, we'll take him over there. And I'm just kind of like, if you didn't know Barney Fife and you and there was just another real estate agent who just kept dropping in with families, you would be like, you'd almost be like, I'm going to give you a restraining order or something like that. <laughs> right. He is just showing oh. up randomly. Um, <laughs> and Andy... And Aunt B are admiring the Williams place and how he comes in and says he's been sailing his boat in the basement because there is a foot of water down there. Right. And he goes, oh, it's great. I mean, you know, now he's not thinking about what the logistics are of having a foot of water in the basement other than sailing his boat. And there's also a crack in the furnace. And Andy and Mr. Williams agree to stay where they are. I mean, they think, well, let's just focus on fixing up our own houses, which I think is the practical thing to do. And he calls Barney to tell him, and Barney just is apoplectic, and he sets the phone down while he rants as we go to commercial. Well, I also like how Andy makes it like they're all going to fix their own stuff. Andy's issue's been around for 30 years. It's not that bad. A roof is a roof. Versus, like, living in a floodplain that floods every year inside the basement and all the mold. He got out scot-free on this. He's like, why don't we all do the responsible thing? But his thing is so much easier than everybody else, than the Williamses. Well, Mr. Williams, I mean, I'm ta- if I'm like Mr. Williams, I'm taking out a home equity loan and getting a sump pump. I mean, you know, he's got some, <laughs> he's got some real issues there. Yeah, it's and, funny how I remember Barney saying, you know, he takes your house, you take his house, you, you get a loan for whatever the difference is, you pay it off. It's just that easy, you know. <laughs> and yeah, so yeah. the Williams were going to come out ahead on that because I don't think there have been any emergency fixes on the other on Andy's house, but Andy definitely, like you say, sump pump or is filled up the bottom with concrete and do something. Yeah. Or enjoy sailing boats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or that. I mean, you know, that's the, this is really funny. I mean, watching just kind of like Barney's master plan. And I was joking about Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross earlier, but there is like that, I that era of the pushy real estate salesman where they're just getting on the phone and really trying to push property on you, which I, I know still happens today, but for the most part, it doesn't like, a lot of the stuff that's happening is just he's just walking up to people unsolicited and going, would you like to sell your house? Which is right. um, which is, you know, you just don't see that as much. I mean, well, in, in this day and age, not from humans, but, you know, like you see it nonstop online, like 
Zillow mm-hmm. and all these different things, you know, we get yeah. a thing in the mail every, every week. Uh, if you've ready to sell your house, call us before you call anybody else. We've got willing buyers, you know, so it's, it's less personal, but it's still nonstop. I think. Yeah. I did have a friend last year who was moving for work and she just found the street she wanted to live on and just, Hey, mister walked down the street and knocked on the door and eventually bought one of them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I do know, I do think based on my experience in buying houses, the, um, Best real estate agents seem like they care that you find the house that you want. They care that you're happy. They care that you move on your own terms and that you're satisfied. And they want you to do business with them again. I'm not sure Barney Fife really was checking all the boxes on that front in this episode. Yeah, correct. Correct. Yeah. No, I, and his whole vibe kind of reminds me of the episode where he wants to buy the car, the old used car from the old lady, you know, his grandma and the Waltons. Like once he gets something in his mind, this old steel trap, it's stuck in there. We're gonna get oh. it done. He just kind of can't let it go. And that's that's the drive he had in both episodes. I thought it was like this is gonna happen. You know, it's and and, the thing, and he's almost puts on tunnel vision. It's kind of like Andy's yeah. like, just take a minute and just, you know, you'll buy you'll get you the car you want, but just take a minute. And he's just he's like, Nope, I'm getting this car. And in the epilogue, Andy comes in and Barney says he's getting out of the real estate business. But he says he's got something else. And then he starts pitching Andy on a car. I mean, and just like going through all the all of that. And this is just a great shot because the shot moves to where Barney's reading all the just focusing on Barney, where he's reading all of all the information about the car. And then it pans back and um, Andy is out of the shot and he's gone. And then we close yeah. the episode. It's funny. In the Mayberry Man series, we, we use that technique at least two times where somebody is going off about something. I know one time I'm going off you know in the car thief scene in the movie mm-hmm. and i'm going off like this and I, and I look around and the other guy's gone and vice versa he's saying hey the other guy was right here a second ago and he turns around and I'm, I'm missing so that's one of those little techniques that the writer you know stark how picked up on and said we ought to use that in the the movie in the series uh, just to, uh, he looked over and <laughs> you've gone on so long the other person's left you have no idea Makes such a yeah. difference too in the vibe of the show where you are replicating those those styles um innately. The movie just starts off. I mean, there's the courtroom scene, but the movie starts off, it's just like you, you know, they're you know, almost like a Hallmark movie tale of a spoiled actor. And then it gets to Mayberry, and then everything just kind of clicks in on just the Mayberry feel and and everything. So, and I'll really be curious to see. It must have been it must have been much more um even more fun to be able to shoot it without the COVID restrictions this time. Yeah, you know, it, the the biggest difference for us was we shot a lot of the scenes in California mm-hmm. uh, for the series. Probably a, a, at least a third of my scenes were out that way. So we got to be on a real sound stage. Uh, the sound stage they shoot SWAT and a couple other you know series on, and got to use. You know, I'm sure once the mo- the series comes out, we can isolate some scenes, and you can say, "Oh, I've seen this before in Batman movie, and this whatever." Like 20 different things. Uh, and they actually built a replica courthouse on the corner there, uh, so it looked a lot, lot more like the courthouse than the one in Mount Airy, which is, you know, its own version of it. Um, but that was the most fun, I think, was going to a sound studio and having to get past the guard and going and getting fired up and getting the little scenes and and do that. And plus, for me, I had to develop the character of Warren outside of Barney Fife impersonating. So like. There's only one time in the movie where I kind of break character and it's right before we go stop the car thieves. And they're trying to push me like, what would Barney do? And I'm like, my name's Warren, you know? 
<laughs> but now you can see everything about Warren. So I had to develop who Warren is and what his sense of humor is and what his thing is different from Barney Fife. So that, that was the fun part for me, I think. Um, but COVID restrictions, either way, we really didn't. I mean, once you got signed in and they took your temperature, everything was just a normal day. We didn't really notice sure. much about it. So we do um, we do a rating scale at the end of every um, episode of Whistles, um, a ranking of 10 being the best, one being the worst. We haven't had a one whistler yet. We may when we hit the color episode. So there's, <laughs> there is a distinct possibility. But um, but so we um, so I'll go first. Um, I would give this eight whistles. Oh, really? I'm going 10. I love You're this. Going this a, yeah, it's a fun new theme, new character for Barney coming out. I love it. Yeah, I'll go nine whistles on the episode, and it's a it's a 10 Barney episode, 10 whistle Barney episode, because he's got most of the focus throughout the whole thing. And he's yeah. doing all the juggling and all the he's driving the plot in this one all the way across. For sure. Well, this has been great. Any, any final thoughts? No, thanks for no, coming. I enjoyed on. the yeah, thanks for doing what you're doing. It's kind of fun to go back and relive the episodes and look at them again uh, many years later. I mean, for a show that started out in 1960 and we're still talking about it in 2023, I mean, that's 63 years of success right there. It's it's pretty impressive. Absolutely. And one more time, if folks want to find you, where should they go? They can go to rickroberts.com. R-I-K-R-O-B-E-R-T-S.com. Just like Dave Thomas said to do. <laughs> Well, this has been great. And thank you for joining us. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. And if you think about it, subscribe. Next week, we'll do Goober Takes a Car Apart. And until then, Christopher, quit sitting around your office all day waiting to collect 5%. You want to buy my house? <laughs>